welcome to Thursdays, and we have a new tagline. It's official. We're calling it what it is. Thursdays Roundtable with Pastors Wes. Wes. Oh yeah, I'm here. I, I thought you were. I thought you were just. <laughs> Roll you were call. just naming off. Yeah. I would be Wes. This. Yeah. <laughs> this is Pastor Wes and Matt. Matt and myself, McGinty. We're so glad to have you guys tuning into our podcast. We're around this round table. We're going to discuss some really important things. In fact, today we're going to talk about anxiety. And Pastor Wes mentioned. A, and talked about it in a sermon this past Sunday, but we're going to go really deep into it. God's remedies for it. We're also going to talk about tornadoes. Uh, those can cause anxiety a little bit because we had a bunch of tornadoes here, some serious mm-hmm. destruction, especially in the Round Rock area and the Elgin area too, really close to home for us. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. And uh, as we look at anxiety, we're going to look at some triggers for anxiety. We're also going to look at God's remedies and some scriptures and what God has to say about what he wants for us and the kind of peace that he wants for us, real peace uh, as that sort of combats anxiety. So, guys, we've come back from spring break. Wes, how was your your spring break? Did you guys uh, go anywhere, or do anything? You guys kind of stay close to home? Yeah, no, we didn't. We didn't. We were at at home, and some up here, some at home, trying to get this, that, and the other done. So nothing, nothing too fancy. Yeah, we didn't really go anywhere too far. We stayed pretty close to home too. We had a young adults retreat that weekend and um, did some outdoor stuff a little bit but matt you you want to take some time off which is good yeah 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 we we did some day trips you know we went to uh uh um six flags uh pedernales falls i love uh, that is that how you say it Peter, 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 i don't know pedernales falls yeah yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> went camping and yeah we had a good good weekend it was six good. flags is in like these six flags or six flags is in like fiesta <laughs> texas like well, where'd you go fiesta texas yeah yeah spoiler alert i think fiesta texas has the better coasters you think so? I do. Oh, I think it's hit or miss. I mean, maybe now. It's been so long since I've been there. Our favorite was always the uh, what's it called the Titan over yeah, yeah. in DFW area. Yeah, that was yeah, like basically. Favorite. If I last time I was at Fist Texas, they have their own version of of Batman. Yeah, so that checks off. The Iron Rattler, the new thing that they've done with it, that's yeah. basically their own version of the giant. The way they redid the Texas giant. Right. That is an intense roller coaster. Superman yeah. is awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a true. fun coaster. Yeah. Six, you know, over Texas doesn't have it. A Poltergeist, that's also that's a classic. I yeah. feel like talking about roller coasters uh, is perfect as we talk about anxiety. That little click, click, <laughs> click, 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 click as it goes slowly. Yeah. I was like, okay, you're gonna, 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 we're gonna drop. Have you seen those coasters that take you up, click, 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 and then they hang you over a 90, yeah. 90 degree drop yeah. and just stop for a second and then drop you. Yeah, Yeah. those are crazy. Well, if we haven't caused anxiety already in this podcast, uh, (laughs) this conversation about roller coasters uh, might might give you heart palpitations too. Well, I'm glad you guys had a good spring break. Now, something else happened this past Monday. We had a massive storm system come through and three or four tornadoes in the area. There was one massive one that went through Round Rock. There was one up north in Gerald. Uh, in fact, that tornado was heading for one of our church members, and it, like, hopped over their house and continued on the other side of their house. Wow, that's mm. awesome. And then there's one in Elgin that was really close to a couple of other church members as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I saw somewhere the number, and I don't know if this was statewide or if this was area-wide, but it was it was 10 was the number they came out with either wow. Tuesday or Wednesday. There were 10 confirmed. And I thought that was our local area, not just the state, but I could, I could be mistaken on that. Still, that's a lot of tornadoes. It's, you don't, yeah. We don't really expect tornadoes in the heart of a city. You know, I mean, that mm-hmm. tornado in Round Rock started the massive 45 and I-35 junction. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's, cr- it's crazy seeing that on TV, just the, the footage of that and then driving over uh, the next day and just seeing yeah. that that 
wreckage and just mangled signs. It's yeah. so yeah. close to home. It's yeah. one thing when you yeah. see it on TV, you go, oh, that's some town in Oklahoma or Kansas, but it's like, this is in our backyard. Yeah, I drive that every day. I know. It, it was just <laughs> really, really sobering. In fact, uh, you guys have heard this story, but I'm going to say for our listeners out there, one of our church members went out shopping to Hobby Lobby because, you know, yeah. when you got to go, you got to go to Hobby Lobby. And uh, she was inside shopping and her husband was sitting in the parking lot outside yeah. and he was just looking around like, yeah, there's a lot of wind out here right now. And meanwhile, a tornado is like landing on the other side of the freeway. Yeah, for for, for, <laughs> for listeners and viewers that don't know, I mean, within like a, qu- within a quarter mile. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even less than that. Yeah, I mean, it. That's being gracious to call it a quarter mile. Like it's the shopping center at that corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's inside, and the lights are flickering on and off, and they're trying to panic. And but there's one reason why she survived. It's because she's a Hobby Lobby, and Hobby Lobby is holy ground and blessed because they play yeah, Christian that's, music. That's that's uh, it's the Chick Fil A of retail. That's um, God's home decor store. Which I will also say this: the area where that tornado touched down, like every store is like almost damaged, except for the Chick Fil A. It's right there. Like every store around <laughs> the Chick Fil A is all jacked up. The Chick Fil A, totally fine. I didn't see that. Yeah, wow. it's like okay, I'm not gonna draw conclusions, but it's hard not to. Chick Fil A. So Matt, we how are you guys handling all the the tornado stuff in your house, like yeah, it was just it was crazy. You know, the, freak out. the kids are, as I'm sure yours were, just uh, yeah. It was a party in the bathroom. No, it, it, it wasn't a party because, it, you know, um, just hearing that we had the news full blast and hearing it yeah. in there. And, and of course, you want to come out and just check and see, okay, what are they saying? Where are they saying it is? Showing footage. Oh, get back in the bathroom. Get oh. back in the bathroom. And, and our then, wives are all texting each other at the same time. You know, Brooke's like, ah, oh, Bethany, you okay? Melody, what's going on? And they're like, oh, this tornado. And Rock, like, ah. We just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, who, but y'all's, y'all's houses, y'all didn't, y'all were pretty spared as far as like direct path right yeah ultimately I mean, yeah we i mean yeah. i remember melody texting brooks and there's one been sighted in pflugerville which made us really like panic because we're like okay mm-hmm. pflugerville but we think okay that's the tornado that's in round rock people could see yeah. it from pflugerville because it's right there yeah. on the line yeah yeah and coming down 79 oh man yeah. have you guys gone through any of the neighborhoods where they hit mm-hmm. it's just yeah. unreal just walls and roofs just gone yeah it's just it's well some of our church members actually they drove around um so, um, Gilbert, um, oh, Chuck, yeah, Chuck, Chuck and David Gilbert, went out Chuck with David, disaster relief. Yep. They went out doing some assessments and whatnot and seeing maybe what, some stuff we can do. So good for you guys getting out there and hopefully there's some, some things we can learn. We're actually, to. uh, this weekend for revolution weekend, um, we are going out to Elk and Christmas tree farm, which was, oh, which was oh, it. Awesome. So we're going to, we're going to be helping them clean up and, um, there's another, Another project we're doing with the Texas Baptist Children's Home, who is housing a family uh, who lost their home in the tornado. And so we're going to be doing some work on that house. And so, yeah. Exciting times for you guys for the Revolution Weekend. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Excited. Well, um, if you have some stories about the tornadoes and you're here local, or maybe if you need some help, and please let us know. Uh, We want to be able to do what we can, and we want to hear your stories as well. So leave a comment, whatever. Uh, We'd like to hear that. Um, now we're going to start talking about anxiety a little bit. Tornadoes can cause, maybe your anxiety feels like a tornado, right? Um, but we got, there's certain things that trigger anxiety. Matt, you've got a list of 10 triggers for anxiety. So maybe as you listen to us, think through what you can really relate to. Maybe it might be a couple of things. Some of yeah. them are surprising actually. Yeah. Um, so Matt, what do we got here? Yeah. So, uh, these are 10 anxiety triggers. So if this, if this is something, these are things that, 
uh, are a part of your life and you're kind of wondering why, why am I struggling with anxiety or why is it such a big deal? And these things are at play in your life that could be, uh, could be something that's triggering that. So first of all, number one is caffeine. You know, too much caffeine. I can relate to that. <laughs> so the reason why I switched to mostly decaf. So I don't drink this stuff. But yeah, the most caffeine I get's in tea, and yeah, that's not not anything. Your tea, I'm so. Coke, coffee. So, yeah, I, I used yeah. to drink a lot of coffee, and then I just noticed just my blood pressure. It's like you know, I'd be so tired from like kids not sleeping, and that's like I need the caffeine, but then I'd be all jacked up. And I don't need to be jacked up. I'm jacked up enough. So Amen. I just walked into that one, didn't Amen I? Amen to that. <laughs> All right. Number two. There you uh, go. That's just for you. Again man. with the sound effects. All right. You're welcome. Number two, messy home environment. So a messy home environment can definitely uh, cause you to feel, you know, out of kilter. Um, a messy like, office environment. too. Messy office, office environment. Yeah. For sure. Uh, number three, self-neglect. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Do you, I mean, how, how, how does this affect you, man? Do you, do you like, like, can you put up, how much mess can you deal with before, like, you start to, like, wake out? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty tolerant. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, uh, with, with, in my office sometimes, I mean, it, it can get a little crazy. Uh, it got so crazy this week, I just like, okay, I, I gotta get some of this stuff out of my sight just so I yeah. can focus, um, cause it was driving me nuts. But for me, it's like the garage, you know, we try to keep a really clean home and, like, and, um, but the garage, like if I have to like shimmy through the garage to get to my car, it's like, okay, yeah. it's time to figure out where to put some yeah. of the stuff and reorganize. And, uh, but yeah, it's, or the kids playroom. That always drives me nuts. It's like, okay, I could clean this up really fast, but I'm going to make them do it. And it's going to take five times as long. And that's, <laughs> that's what stresses me out. That's what causes anxiety. It's and like, constant, okay, how about if, constant fussing the whole time. Why do we have to do uh, this? You but I didn't make that mess. Yeah, you did like three days ago. You just forgot about it. Y'all just wait, Wes. Y'all don't, just wait. y'all don't sing the, uh, the Barney song. Yeah, oh. we do. Clean up. But not while we clean I mean, up, clean up. Everybody do your share. Yeah. Clean yeah. up, clean My, up. My everybody, my twelve everybody. year old's a little too. That's old from for Barney. That, but, uh, Absolutely, oh. that's from Barney because they clean up at the end of every episode. I never this is a Barney thing. This has yeah. nothing to do with anything, but you do know, like Barney was filmed in Dallas. No, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, Barney yeah. was filmed in Dallas, and then that which is kind of creepy because Barney Barney's Dallas weird to me. It's about anxiety. Barney's anxiety ridden. That's gonna uh, haunt my dreams. Not quite but, as weird as the Teletubbies. Yeah, Teletubbies is next yeah. level. But the other deal is y'all y'all remember Wishbone? <laughs> yeah, oh, Wishbone. Yeah. That's like. If I was an English teacher, I would play Wishbone for every work of literature. Yeah. Uh, Wishbone was filmed in Plano. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Fun Plano. fact there for you. Okay. All right. Uh, three, self-neglect. Um, not taking care of yourself. So, Which I think ties, Matt, yeah. probably to number four on the list as well. Yeah. I think those are... Uh, can be self-neglect together. can... Go ahead and give cover. it to us. Number four. Yeah, number four. Lack of sleep. Yep. So but Self-neglect can cover a lot of different things, though. Yeah. I mean, it's not just sleep. It's like your eating habits. Yeah. It's your workout, exercise. You're not... Your really, diet. This is really interesting correlation between your physical self and your mental health and your spiritual health. Yeah. You know, if you're not mm-hmm. taking care of yourself physically, I mean, you can't just separate the two. Yeah. You know? Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Lack like so, of sleep. I mean, Wes, you don't know anything about that. Yeah. Um, with the, with the I think my life well. has been a pretty near constant stretch of lack of sleep since I was an RA in college. For so. real. For real. And number five, stress. Um, man, 
uh, that stress can be caused by all kinds of things, including number six, finances. Uh, I mean, that, those can go together. I mean, five great. I think the five greatest uh, people say the five greatest life stressors: uh, birth, yeah, marriage, mm-hmm. job change slash moving, yep, uh, death, and oh, what? Why not just same money last night? Finances. Well, I think the job. No, change it's changed. I, I, I think it's moving, moving, and job change are, are separate, not combined. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, is yeah, uh, sure. the five the five great the five greatest life stressors. Yeah, wow. where are we at? Number number seven, social yeah. gatherings. Uh, maybe social gatherings stress you out. Maybe you are not a you're not an extrovert, and being around people or just the thought of having to be around people causes yeah. anxiety for you. Um, that's that's a real deal. Matt, would you yeah. describe yourself as an introvert or an extrovert? Uh, you know, I. I'm I'm in between. Like I, you just can't make up your mind. No, I love. You're to, definitely I, an introvert. Then I love to be around people, but I also love to, to just, you know, Could that make you as a term for so. that omnivert? Like omnivert. I got a herbivore and a carnivore, or an omnivore, right. or a highly, highly like functioning a, introvert. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes people also change a yeah. little bit over the years. So we kept, you, no, a lot I, of our ministry is about sure. people, and sometimes like we're around people and doing stuff, which is awesome. It's interesting, but it also it's. Exo- it, I mean, not to complain here, but it, it it's it takes something from you, and to refresh, you have to sometimes just be alone and just kind of meditate on scripture and getting your hidey hole, yeah, in your hidey hole for sure. <laughs> How about you, Wes? Did you describe yourself an introvert or extrovert? Oh, for sure, introvert. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. recharge yeah, sure. alone time. Well, I have to send you. Yeah, for sure. I have to send you a, a video. You know, the Holderness family does those like funny. Oh videos. yeah, I just we just watched that. You watched the yeah, introverting yeah, yeah. song. I was like, yeah, I need to send that to Brooke because like that's funny. so hard. Like, yeah, let's go out and hang out for. Uh, I'm good to stay home. you know but i think it's interesting because you do you know some are more introverted than others and and social gatherings really can be a source of great stress and at the same time um you know as a believer is how to how to navigate that anxiety with also understanding like um and just knowing god's grace to to enable you to to stand in those so yes i'm an introvert but i'm also not um, by the Lord's grace, hiding in the closet every Sunday, or yeah. Um, well, but at the, same, but at the same time, I have to lean in on His strength to go just randomly walk up to strangers and talk. I mean, it's just right. you know, it's all part. Well, of the it. nature of the job, you, you can't do that. But also, we just if we, if we are to be a light, you know, and, and to to be building relationships, which is what we're here for. Yeah, you know, we gotta. There's times we have to push through that, and I I fight that. There's times where like oh, it's just so much easier to not. You know, but yeah. you gotta, you got to, yeah, got that birthday party you got to go to, or you know what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, we love birthday parties, but they, you know, they think you got a lot Y'all of small do talk. love the birthday parties. We got lots of kids, yeah. half, half birthday, birthday parties. parties. Yeah, we got a half yeah. birthday party coming up. What's next? All right, uh, work environment. Um, the people that you <laughs> they work with, uh, the maybe the environment. Why are you touching me? <laughs> People that you work with, maybe the the circumstances that you're having to work under, if there's a lot of pressure and stress from your yeah. boss or the, the pressure to compete, um, that, that can definitely cause you to feeling anxious and stressed out and overwhelmed. I was trying to mess with Matt, but he was he was he stayed strong. You know, I think work work environment can be stressful. When things are good, when things are bad, and when things are ugly, right? Like it's yeah. stressful when you don't know work. Work's unsure. Is there still still going to be a job? Is there? That's a kind of stress. There's yeah. stress when it's bad, 
and it's conflict and, and tension yeah. and those things. But then it can also, how many stories do you hear of, of stressful work environments when everything is successful? Yeah. And it's because of the nature of the success that everybody feels this tension. And I mean, this it's pressure it's to perform. It's a, mm-hmm. The stress, the anxiety that can throw out, flow out of uh, work environments is, is very wide, wide stretching. Yeah, I think especially for guys, the pressure to perform at the workplace, to constantly be on top of your A game, to keep bringing home that paycheck for your family or whatever, um, there's a lot of pressure there. And um, Matt's going to try to return the favor here <laughs> and mess with me as I'm talking. Um, but yeah, it's I, I totally get it. And, and like you said, even when things are going great, yeah, um, maybe you just have you feel like you have to do so much. You're working crazy hours too, just to keep up that level of, of performance. And, um, I mean, there's days of the week where I feel like I have way too much to do and not enough time. And it is mm. really, really stressful. Um, but the great thing is I get to work with these guys and, um, oh, you know, thanks, that's, a, that's a blessing. Yeah. Okay. So what's next, bud? Uh, Wes, you mentioned this conflict, uh, there's conflict, conflict, conflict with, uh, at home, it. uh, people you work with. I mean, that can absolutely, uh, trigger that anxiety because you're just like you need to be um especially with those that you're closest to like to have that peace and stability and you don't have that it causes there's friction and there's there's conflict and it just affects you in ways where it's hard to focus when you're sideways with somebody man it's so hard to have a clear head and to really be able to one minister or even be present like if if there's some kind of conflict I'm having to sort through and it's not settled yet and I go home, it's like, that's still on my mind, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not going to be as patient with the kids or as present with the kids as I need to be. And so it, that's a which, real deal. Which then in turn can create conflict and oh, sure. you know I mean? yeah. like it, it's, it, it builds on, it it's builds a domino on. effect, yeah. you know? Um, so being aware of it is, is really key. Um, and you know, I don't know. I don't think most people like conflict. Or really? thrive on conflict. So the dinosaur from Toy Story, I don't uh, like confrontations. Yeah. Um, you know, I, there's some people that I think thrive on it more than they want to admit, but I, I think your average person that... I have a kid like we that. Don't, <laughs> we don't enjoy... Um, Not everybody's Donald conflict. Trump, you know? He yeah. just thrives in the storm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. So, um, and we got... Last one. Last one. Last one is PTSD. Typically, you think about this... Uh, being really just someone who's been in a war, but I mean that, that can refer to a lot of things that can refer to just a traumatic experience that you've had in your life, whether it be, you know, abuse or, or things that have happened in your past, um, that you're, you're, you're still, you're still wrestling with that. And you're still, you have those memories that haunt you. Yeah. And, you never know what's going to trigger that too. Yeah. It can be a sound. It can be a smell. It can be a place. Sure. Um, maybe all kinds of things, you well, know, in the reality too, I was just having this conversation this morning, um, with someone else, which is the body carries, uh, trauma. Mm-hmm. So when you speak of those traumas, whether it's an issue of abuse, verbal or physical or sexual, whether it's an issue of, um, uh, conflict that's happened and for something, I mean, like trauma can take a lot of different scenarios where you, where there's been legitimate injustice and hurt and pain. Mm-hmm. Um, the body, not the body carries that. And then when you do see some of those triggers or you hear something said in a way, or someone reminds you of that, or, I mean, you just hear stories all the time of, um, yeah, this person abused this person and and, and the person who was abused, there was a certain smell that they were, you know, and and all this, it just goes on there. And so it's a major, um, 
you know, it's a, it's a real reality and something that I think on the flip side, as those, as someone watching from the outside is just being aware of and gracious with, um, when people are struggling, when people hit those triggers, cause there's, there's no rhyme or reason sometimes, sometimes yeah. there is, sometimes there isn't when stuff hits, but yeah. Real. Well, and I, I know we're going to talk more later about uh, how to, how to deal with these things, but if these things are in your life, even just one of these things, um, or maybe you've got, you look at this, you hear this list and you're like, uh, yeah, I'd struggle with that. I struggle with that. Like all those things combined. Um, it's, it's hard. It can feel overwhelming. Like I've got all these things, but even just picking one of those and saying, okay, how, if this is one of the, one of the issues here, how can I get better sleep? How can I work on, on taking better care of myself? And so I know we're going to talk more about this here in just Solutions. A moment, there's hope, right? Yeah, just absolutely. So when we uh, get back from our five second break here in a second, we're going to talk about what God's word has to say about this. What are God's remedies for these triggers, for this, these anxieties that really kind of rob us of the peace he wants us to experience? So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back in five seconds. All right, we are back, and now we're going to talk about God's remedies for anxiety. Wes, why don't you kick into this for us? Sure. You know, we, we Sunday, we're, we've been walking through for the last six months the book of Philippians, and Sundays we hit uh, that just that great passage in Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing but in everything, in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, that the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension or plans of man, uh, would guard your hearts and minds, would garrison your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And and so I think, you know, as Matt, as Matt mentioned earlier in the previous segment, if, if you find yourself going, man, I sense a lot of anxiety, one of the one of the most helpful things to do is can you can we identify sources where that anxiety is 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 coming? It doesn't mean you have to get down all the way, but can you at least in some broad categories? And that's kind of what some of those anxiety triggers are. Is there a broad category you connect with? And But then that's not, you just want to identify is how do we, how do we then... What, what do we do? What do we do with that? And so I, I give the same proviso now that I did give Sunday, which is this, is as you walk through and battle anxiety, if you find yourself at a place where even when you can identify it and even when you are putting the right things into practice, it still just seems like you can't get there. There is a real reality that especially stress and trauma on the body can can unbalance you chemically. Yeah. In which case there is there is a place to talk with a medical doctor mm-hmm. and and look into medicine. By no means in, in looking at some of these keys are we are we trying to just say, well, you know, just any kind of anxiety you've got, if you'll just pray hard enough, it'll go away. Yeah. There's a place for other conversations. So do want to be clear with that as we do that. But generally speaking, for many of us where our our, our body may feel the stress, but it's still it's still in a balanced, healthy spot and it's just we're dealing with these this these anxious thoughts and pressures and feelings and okay so we've we've maybe identified some broad categories what do we do and that's that's what we're looking at here we're not going to address clinical anxiety today right what we're really focusing on is sort of the emotional anxiety that we feel like is very treatable through scripture and the advice that we find there so as we kind of look through this Wes, we got some checkups here so if you want to like figure out, okay, why am I anxious? Here's a series of checkups you can do different areas. And we're going to bring some different scripture in, in light to each of these areas. So Wes, what's the first checkup that we yeah, have? Yeah. So, so j- checkups, I got anxiety going on. And, and so check, check your relationships. 
and this is two, this is two sided, I think. Uh, we, we chatted about this a little bit yesterday, which is one side of that is are there relationships? We mentioned this in the triggers. Are there relationships in your life where there's conflict, yeah. where there's unresolved, um, unresolved sin? Maybe that's you sinned against someone, yeah. and you need to go confess and set that right. Maybe you've been sinned against, and, and there's nothing you can do to get that person to come mm-hmm. set it right. But you, so one side of that is relationships horizontally with each other. Yeah. Are there relationships out of whack? Are there relationships or in healthy relationship? Like really? Yeah. Yeah. Let me cut you off, but relationships no, that you just need to, you need to say, I, I probably don't need to spend as much time around that person. Now, obviously yeah. someone you're, you're close to, you have to, you know, you, you live with, or you're, you're uh, working with, you don't really have that choice, but other people that are just constantly pulling you down or constantly causing you to feel stressed. Did you ever have to do like a friend breakup in high school or college? <laughs> no, no, yeah. like you're like, you had a friend and you're like, man, this person is really dragging me up. And you're like, you had to like break up with a friend. And like, I can't hang out with you anymore. This is just, you're just wrecking me. You ever had to do it? No, I, I don't, I don't know. No. No, I, I, well, okay. I remember my sophomore year in high school, I had a friend who just was no good, but like he kept wanting to hang out and we kept hanging out, but he was, just, I don't think he was a believer. And eventually I said, like, dude, you just, every time I'm around you, you just tear me down. And the choices you're making are not ones that I can be a part of anymore. Mm. And it was just, I had to just tell him, look, I, we just can't hang out. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, this is, this is not good for me. And, and I, I don't agree with where, where you live and what you're doing. And it was a tough thing to do, but yeah. it's just, yeah. Well, most relationships, I know we, we don't really have that option, you know, if yeah. the people that we are around all the time, but yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I totally catch you No, off, you're good. So I think it's go. a good point. Cause part of it is, are there relationships out of balance? Part of it is, do, do, do I have, conflict with do I have healthy West. relationships, <laughs> right? Like we ought yeah. to have healthy relationships, yeah. but an absence of any kind of healthy friendship or any kind of, maybe there's a need to find, um, healthy community for, yeah. for lack of better buzzword. Um, there's that reality. There's partially too. It, 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 am I relationally, am I overstretched out? Yeah. I think people I, pleasing I, is a big part of this. Some people are really yeah. prone to people pleasing where they feel like, okay, I want everyone to be happy with me. In fact, the, one of the pastors, not you, it's the previous church was a people pleaser Yeah, and he couldn't lead. It was so challenging to do ministry in a church where he was constantly anxious about what everybody was thinking about him and how he, yeah. people were feeling about him. It's like, dude, you, you, and that's a real deal for all of tough, us of having man. to evaluate then and go, okay, Lord, am I driven by the pleasure of man, the approval of man? And I think that's heightened in our social media culture because Absolutely. if you really want, yeah. I mean, like, unless you just are using social media to like check hobby pages and see your friend's kids and how, how's their family doing? Like mm-hmm. if you're really into social media, it's all built on how many people like, how many people approve, how many people. And, and so I think that, I think people pleasing is there. I even just think the danger of what's happened with social media is, I mean, think about it. We live in a day and age now where we expect to know where everybody we grew up with is mm-hmm. because of Facebook. But rewind the clock 15 years ago, you only really expected your circle relationally was those people you actually physically had interaction with. So even, I used to, you know, check relationships horizontally. The other side of this, though, is as far as really the checkpoint is, um, is there something out of line, out of whack vertically in terms of my relationship with the Lord? So people-pleasing is a great example. Am Am I out of whack in terms of looking for approval horizontally when I have to live I mean, what's Paul say? Am I, if I was seeking to be a pleaser of men, I would, I no longer please God. Yeah. Um, so is there something out of whack there vertically or am I, am I, um, do I have a cr- proper perspective of who God is, 
you know, my, and my, I think the way maybe we were, we were talking the other day is, you know, you got this horrible storm that blows through and all you see is this horrible, dark lightning, hard rain storm. But the reality is if even for a second, you could pop above that storm, the sun's still shining. Yeah. yeah. And if you've got a clear view of the sun, I'm not saying it takes away the storm. It doesn't, but it also gives you a hope that's beyond the storm. I think, you know, focusing on the hope of God's really good, but also just how am I submitting to God? Yeah. You know, I think this, the Bible verse from uh, first Peter five, six or seven says, humble yourselves therefore yeah. under the mighty hand of God so that the, at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And I think humbling ourselves, recognizing who, who, you know, where everything comes from, relying upon him, that has a dramatic effect on our horizontal relationships. Uh, yeah, because yeah, if, if vertically, if you're out of whack, if you're not connected to God, then you're going to you're going to try and find that in other people and you're never going to be able to find it. There's a reason why the vertical commandments come first, too. Yeah. You know, it's sort of and I think you make else. a great point, McGinney, just of. Is it, you know, take, take that verse. It's easy for us to jump straight to the cast your cares on him. He cares for you, man. Know that he cares for you. Cast your cares on him. But preceding that is humble yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and part of that's even as we come and lay our worries down, as we relate to him, we've got to make sure we've not skipped that reality of submission. And I get it. That's tough with, with, with some very specific anxieties in today's world, but it doesn't negate the reality that that's there. Many times I think maybe we're, we're what's out of whack is, is that lack of submission for sure. So, man, we could stay there forever, no doubt. but we, we, we got to keep moving. Um, so let's check up number two. Checkpoint number two is what, what is the relationship of your anxiety, to your, your anxiety to your prayer life? Uh, is what, what is that relationship? What is that? Uh, what is that? You know, you, you see very clearly there in Philippians, we looked at it Sunday, there's this command, do not be anxious or actually literally the Philippians stop being anxious. <laughs> you cut that out right now. Stop being anxious. And I give you permission to be anxious over nothing. There's nothing you're allowed to, to be, be anxious about. But then the flip side of that is he says, when it says, let your request be made known, we, we read that in English and we go, oh, it's a good suggestion. Let your request be made known. In the, in, in the it Greek, it's a command. Yeah. Let your request, I am telling, I'm commanding you, let your requests be made known. And he tells, well, how do we let a request be known? In prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And so there's very directly a relationship there that we are to take anxieties, cares, worries. We're to, to communicate that. And that word request it has a level of specificity to it. We're not even just to speak in generalities to God. We're to take specific things yeah. mm-hmm. and, and to him. And we're to do it also with thanksgiving. And, and that's where I, I mentioned Sunday as well. Like, you know, what does that look like, Pastor? Well, guess what, man? Just go to the Psalms. Yeah. Yeah, like go to the Psalms. It's it's there because you see David all the time. I mean, I, I didn't. I mean, Psalm twenty two. I think it's about as extreme as you can get. The first couple of verses of Psalm twenty two. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I cry out by day, but you are not there. I cry out by now, but there is no relief. Why are you so far from the words of my groanings? He's in God. He's obviously facing something intense. There's this deep turmoil. I'm crying out, God, but but you just seem like you're not there. You've forsaken me. And then it says this. Yet you alone are holy, O Lord, and there's you, our Father's trust. The there's a submission, but there's a praise there. There's a praise, and he says that, you know, you alone are holy, and he says, oh, you who is enthroned on or dwells in the praises of your people, which means quite literally there is a connection between experiencing the presence of God and the way in which we praise and, and thank God. God is always good with us, like, venting what's going on. But if all we do is vent, it's not helpful, right? right. If if it doesn't end in submission, if it doesn't end in, all right, God, you're king. You've got this figured out. <sighs> just exhaling and just putting things in his hands. 
And I really, you know, your prayer life is such a, a key component of this, especially when I experience a victory over anxiety. In fact, I'm going to quote you from your sermon this Sunday. I'm going to try and get it right. A little bit awkward, but I'll, <laughs> no, I, I'll it was, try to There's a quote that really stuck, stuck out to me, which is why I put it in the thumbnail for our, our, uh, your sermon video, which was gauge the, the level of your prayer life to the level of, in, of anxiety. Yeah, get, yeah, gauge. I can't remember how I phrased it. I'm getting it, it wrong like here. The magnitude of your anxiety you. to the to the measure of your prayer life. Like, what's right. what's the relationship? There? It's out, out of balance. balance. You know, if your anxiety is greater than your prayer life, then your you know then your prayer life is out of whack. Yeah, and I think you know. I mean, I, I think about this. Like, this is real practical. Okay, the world's falling apart everywhere you look. True. And, and I, really, I think most people are in agreement on that. Like, I see very few people who are like, hey, the world is great. Everything's going good. <laughs> it's like, okay, uh, there's yeah. very few. Whatever you have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to know what box you live in because that would be nice right. to duck into for a little bit. No, um, and it's easy in the midst of all that to feel that anxiety, to feel that stress, to see it. But then I, I simply go, but how much, how much am I on my knees about it? Mm. How much am I on my knees is, is, is in fact, is my anxiety revealing something about my lack of actual faith in who the Lord is? Because Paul seems to go, look, I'm Paul doesn't deny anxiety. Yeah. But he also seems to go, but I really believe this is who God is. And so I'm going to take everything to him because he can actually deal with it. Yeah. And, and again, I don't think the implication is just you pray and magically you don't feel. We'll come to that later, the relationship of anxiety and emotion. Yeah. But I do, there's this, here's this real deal is where is the prayer? And I think Jesus modeled that. Sure, sure. I mean, where is Jesus at his most heavy, burdened, if you want to call it anxious moment, in the garden praying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If fervently, if Jesus had to pray, I think it might be important that we do. Well, prayers work, and it's uh, it, it's it's taking that thought captive, that anxiety, because that that comes naturally. Like right, you you can you can worry all day long, um, but to actually take that thought captive, to actually submit to God and say, God, do you take this? That that's that's working where you have to fervently pray for that situation. It's it's easier to worry. And uh, it's it's harder to take control of that thought and to to make it submissive to Christ. And, and I'll give you a little little nugget. I didn't I didn't go there Sunday, but um, and and I want to be careful how far to stretch this. But that word request, it's not if I remember right in my, my study, it's not a word that's used tons. Mm-hmm. And one of the other key places it's used is in First John five, where it says, and we have this confidence that if we ask anything in accordance to the will of God, and I'm going to paraphrase here, then, you know, God will answer yes. Yeah, and so I think what's also clear there is one is God very much is okay with us laying laying what we feel, laying what we think before Him. But I also think there's then this onus. There are so many things that are specific that God tells us to pray in Scripture that we don't often pray. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really even in there is so. Um, man, I'm really anxious over the world my kids are growing up in, and how are they going to walk, and how are they okay? Well, what's my prayer life for my kids like? Yeah. Oh man, I'm really anxious about what's going on in the world stage and decisions leaders are making. I feel so removed and so powerless there. Okay, but Scripture says pray for your leaders. Yeah. For with with, with the idea that if if you if we as believers will pray for our governing leaders, that that's the key to then being able to live a peaceful and quiet life. Sure, that's cool. There's a, a series. But yet, of- I, I'll be honest. I don't often do it. It's yeah. easy to forget it. It's easy to be out of sight. Well, out of it's, mind. E- it's easy to, to to do that because when you feel like I'm doing it, but it's not working. There, yeah. our leaders yeah. are still making dumb decisions. <laughs> you know, I mean, I keep praying, but come on, quit yeah. making dumb decisions. It, it, it does feel a little. So I'll say, self defeating. As we feel anxiety, where's our prayer life? Yeah, and are we getting more time 
to feeling and thinking the anxiety than we are. And that may mean I got to stop every five minutes and pray. So yeah. number three uh, is is this relationship between attitude and peace. And this this really picks back up on part of that, that you know, in thanksgiving. And then, which of course, we know that the peace of God may guard guard your hearts and minds. And, and picking up on there is this... Um, are we marked by an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of thanksgiving? I mean, what is it in First Thessalonians five? This is the will of God for you that you pray without ceasing, rejoice always, mm-hmm. um, give thanksgiving in everything, or for everything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay, literally, you want to know what God's will for your life is, church family? It's that you pray always, it's that you rejoice always, and that you give thanks always. Yeah. yeah. Like that's not God's suggestions for you. Like. I want to know God's will for my life. I want to know what decisions to make. You want to know what God's will for your life is? Start, I mean, like this. Like, there's a real weight given to a thankful attitude sure. uh, in Scripture, and that being the gateway then, praying with thanksgiving to knowing this peace which protects. Yeah, it doesn't mean I, you're like, I'm so thankful for all that's going on in my life, all the craziness, but you're, you're thanking God that, yeah. God, I, honestly, I hate this, but I'm thankful that, that you are with me, and I'm thankful that you promised to bring good from this. I can tell you, Monday night after the tornadoes, when our kids are waking up from the thunder going on, and they want to crawl into bed, I'm losing sleep, and I'm like, I'm starting to get frustrated. And I think, okay, but I still have a roof over my head. You know, I have that gratefulness and that perspective because there were so many people that night who had nowhere to sleep because mm-hmm. they're just their house just got destroyed. Yeah, and having that perspective, it's like okay, my little petty things are causing me stress and causing me anxiety. What kind of perspective can I have right now that makes me realize, man, I've got so much. To, these these are small things. Yeah, you know, and if I have a bigger picture of what's happening and start to be grateful for what I truly have and what I'm, how I'm blessed, it really it brings a peace. It it helps you refocus and and look at your your petty things that might be causing anxiety with a little more. Uh, perspective, I think. Sure. Yeah. But even if you're one of those who did lose their home, you know, you, yeah. you can, you're choosing to be thankful and that God is going that you're to provide. alive, God's, maybe. Yeah, you're alive. God's going to, to take care of you. Um, but it's scary. It's, it's hard, hard to feel that way when you feel like everything is, is. Well, and two thoughts comes to mind. One, what happens when God actually provides relief to the anxiety? How prone are we to go back and thank him then? Mm, you know, absolutely. so I think about, man, I'm, I'm there yes. Monday night. I'm just praying hard for the Lord to protect us, to protect our home, to protect our church family, praying, praying, praying. And, and literally, best I can tell from the radar, the tornado goes right over our house. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was really close to you guys. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really for sure close. within a half a mile, but it based on where it was here and where it was here, unless it did this, like it went right over. Yeah. Okay. Oh, peace, calm. It's, it's past. Yeah. But do I stop and then I think of all the praying of Lord protect us? Do I stop and then say, Lord, thank you for protecting us? Yeah, yeah. it's easy for, for us to lose that. The second thought is this: I think when we talk about Thanksgiving, bringing it even down, I think about Paul, and very specifically where Paul's talking in, in chapter twelve of, of Second Corinthians, where he's talking about makes a statement we all love to quote: "My great, God's grace is sufficient, His power is perfect." But think about what Paul's saying there. He's saying, "Look, I've got this thorn in the flesh. There is something." That, that is that is in my life 
that I have pleaded with God saying, God, if you would take this out of my life, I could be this much more effective for you. I mean, I can just think of Paul's mind, like if this wasn't here, I could be yeah. more effective in discipleship. I could do more for the kingdom. If this, if this ailment was whatever, you know, and everyone debates what it is and, and we don't know, but think about if it's, if it is something physical. Okay. If I didn't have this physical disability, I get to twice as many cities. If I didn't have this speech impediment, I could be a better orator to help people understand if I didn't have, and, and then God's response is my grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in weakness. So God's response is here's the truth of who I am and what I do with this. And so what is Paul's response? He says, I will boast. So I think another way of understanding is Paul is literally in a situation. God, if you would just, if this would go away and God says, I'm not going to take it away. Instead, I'm going to work in spite of you. And Paul's response is, Lord, thank you then for this infirmity. Thank you then for this, Lord. Thank you. And I think about that in my own life in terms of, okay, Lord, if if we could just get a healthy sleep rhythm, if we could just get a healthy this, if we could just look da, 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 if, 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 if all this and Lord just helping. And, and, and sometimes I think the Lord wants, sometimes it, it doesn't happen because I think the Lord's trying to scream and say, not scream, but to try to try to speak very loudly and say, my grace is sufficient for you. And, and before we move to routine where you might be prone to put your boasting in your own routine, mm-hmm. we're going to make sure you really understand it's my grace. It's my power. And so, okay, Lord, well, let me just thank you for days with interruptions. Let me yeah. thank you for, That's and not thank you even so much for those, but for the fact that f- those forced me to have to depend upon your grace. Truly. Yeah, I think of that. With, and the, the with question, that what is peace? I mean, Matt, you kind of hear probably from your students sometimes some different misnomers of what is true, real peace that God offers to us. So what are, what are some aspects of peace that sometimes people get wrong. What is the real peace that God offers us? Just the the fact in knowing that even in in the midst of your situation, that um, God's still King. He's still He's still in control. He's still in charge. And um, be, because of His sovereignty, uh, He promises to use that. He promises to use that that situation. So, as I mentioned, it's it's not that it's not the elimination of struggle. It's not the elimination of anxiety, but it's, it's that, that resting and knowing that God's got this, you know, this, this feels awful. This feels like I, I have no clue what's going to, what's going to happen here, but God is King. And, and he promises that he will grow me through this. He promises yeah. that he will provide what I need and that he will take care of me. And peace so, is not just a feeling, right? Sometimes we think of peace as, um, like we're just yeah, sort of peace is much more a, a wholeness, a shalom, a mm-hmm. harmony. It's it's especially relational harmony, peace with God, peace with. It, um, it's a little more concrete than just a feeling. Like oh, I just had a peace yeah. about this, and that's why I felt okay. To, well, you're feeling calm. You're describing calmness, and we can talk about emotions here in a second. But but again, it goes back to that vertical relationship. Yeah. Like if you're yeah. not seeking Him for peace, and, and a lot of times what we'll do is is we'll go to everyone but God and we'll, yeah. we'll, yeah. we'll ask for advice or what do you think I should do? Or, or even with social media, you know, what, what, what's happening around me and what, how is it that they have this and how that they're able to do how this? And times you've seen someone and, post on the social media, like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you guys think? You know, yeah. like, it's like, I need the consensus. Yeah. Um, so all right, we got, we've got three of these, uh, yeah, and, and, and I think, and I think actually I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tether four and four and five here. Cause I think, I think they go hand in hand. Yeah. I think four has to be present for five to be present, which is this. Good point. What is as you as you checkpoint your anxiety, what where where is your thinking? Where is your thinking? So there's a relationship between anxiety and poor thinking 
versus peace and right thinking. And I mean, this is, um, you're about to go into that on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday yeah. we're, you know, finally brethren, whatever is true, whatever is noble, blah, 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 all those things, let your mind live in such things. There mm. is a relationship. I mean, the battle spiritual warfare, I think the overwhelming majority of spiritual warfare is the battle over what you think. Mm-hmm. It's, it's being transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's taking captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. It's in that process. And so now we don't often think that because we get to the second side of the emotion. We, we go, I want to fill my way into thinking when the biblical pattern is to think my way into feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a professor in college who would always say, the avenue to the heart is to the mind. And yeah. part of the, many of the issues we've had in church growth stuff or whatever in, in altar calls is we make an emotional appeal instead of making a a foundational theological appeal because when the emotions, if they've made an emotional decision, an emotional appeal, when the emotion's gone, they have nothing to stand on, you know? And so those emotional appeals can be really dangerous. And I think it, you're right. It starts with right thinking. So I just think like, what, what is, what is right thinking? And I'll give, I'll give, I'll give an example that I deal with weekly. Um, Weekly, there is the reality and the weight of preparing to preach the word of God, knowing that, you don't need my opinions. You need the word. I need to interpret it rightly. I need to present it correctly. I, and it needs to be done in God's power and God's way for God's glory. And there can be multiple moments of, of, of stress, of tension that wells up because of the weight of everything that's there. And and I can get easily, when, okay, I got okay, it. But right thinking goes, hey, it is true. There is a weight here. What's also true is the Lord cares far more about this sermon than I do. Mm. What's also true is the Lord says he equips those who he's called to preach. What's also true is the Lord has promised God. What's also true is, so wait a minute, as I start to take my thoughts captive to truth, it's not that the situation changes. The weight of preaching the word is still there, but being controlled by the anxiety that somehow ultimately I'm in control and it depends upon me goes by the wayside as I recognize, wait a minute, the Lord is the one who's with me in this. The yeah. Lord is the one who helps prepare. The Lord is the one yeah. who will guide. And so I'm going to press hard. So I'm going to think right. And then the relationship with that is in thinking right, my emotions will eventually follow suit. Yeah. And I think that's the ultimate challenge. The ultimate challenge is I feel anxious. How do I get rid of the feeling? And I don't think until we check the relationship, until we look at how are we praying and thanksgiving, how, how are we are we thinking correctly? Those things are gonna matter to get to the feeling. Yeah, you lead your heart. Like you yeah. lead you lead your heart to rather than feeling first, leading your heart to say, Okay, this is what's true, this is what's right, this is what I'm gonna think, and then like you said, your feelings are and, and I'm not saying in any way to minimize anybody out there who feels deep and heavy anxiety. Like I, I get it. I I, I do. I, I feel that uh, mentioned to y'all the story. I, I'm now a, a twice murder victim survivor. My grandmother murdered at her front door by a hitman who goes to the wrong house. And to this day, if I hear the door knock or the doorbell ring and I'm not expecting someone, the the sheer panic that courses through my heart, I mean, it, it's massive. Mm-hmm. Or even not even doorbell ring. If my phone rings in a meeting from a family member, I will instantly get get so nervous who's died what's happened what's gone yeah. wrong because not only did my grandmother get murdered but in that first two years of college i had 50, i had over 15 people i knew that died and so it, it got every it felt like every day there was a new phone call bearing this bad news yeah, for it ptsd in some ways yeah. 
So all I was saying is I know we want to diminish the feeling. What I do want to be clear with us is, and even in my own life, I have to make sure to not get so fixated on the feeling yeah. that I miss Am I, am I, is there correct thinking? Am I, is, is part of the reason I'm so wrapped up in this feeling because I have adopted any kind of false thinking that puts me on a pedestal without realizing it? Because when you're feeling anxious, you're certainly not feeling haughty. Right. We can kind um, of idolize our feelings and give them a little more importance than we should, or we can try to fix those feelings or escape them in ways that are not appropriate or healthy. Yeah. You know, a lot of times we self-medicate uh, using various different things that are not good for us. I mean, I remember when a buddy of mine in college, his, I think his, his brother committed suicide, and for like two weeks straight, he just held up in his room and played video games like nonstop. You know, like dealing with... You know, and we're not, it's grief, obviously, it's different than anxiety, but, you know, our emotions, we're going to be tempted to handle them maybe in ways that are not, we're going to want to try to run away from them instead of confronting sure. them. And it's scary to confront them because it means facing some harsh realities, maybe about ourselves and areas that we need to grow no, in. And this, and this is a great segue to kind of the last thing I'll toss, which isn't a checkpoint here, but I think it, it we could add it as a sixth checkpoint, which is time. Yeah. Part of the reality is to really have to work through things to really, is it takes time. I think of Psalm 40. Uh, I, I cried out to the Lord. I waited patiently mm-hmm. and he heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the merry bog. He put a new song in my heart. He set my feet upon a new ground. There's all these things that the Lord does, but it all goes back to, I waited patiently. Yeah, God is a God who oftentimes moves slower than we move. Mm-hmm. And especially in our fast paced world. And so I think, just as encouragement out there, as you as you as you identify maybe what's triggering anxiety, as we as we look and kind of checkpoint where do we fall here, don't simply quit because it doesn't work in five minutes. There's a time factor there yeah. of having to to rest, of, of su- submit to having to take ca- that's captive to waiting on the Lord and, and praise the Lord, He's faithful. True that. Well, we are up against the clock, and um, I think hopefully today has really benefited you. I'm going to do something a little bit different today. Normally we close in prayer. Matt, would you kind of close us in like a prayer slash reading of Psalms 37? I really feel like this is a great way to wrap uh, our conversation up. Yeah. Um, so if you will, we're going to kind of just, I guess. Do you have that on here? Uh, yeah, it's right here. <laughs> it's <laughs> okay. right here. I got you. All right. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Father, I, I pray that um, just as, as, the writer of the psalm tells us uh, to not fret because of those who are evil or to be envious of those who do wrong. Like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, like plant, green plants, they will soon die away. So, Lord, may we trust in you and do good. May we take delight in you and may we commit our way to you, Lord, to trust in you and to know that you will do this. You will make your righteous rewards shine like the dawn, your vindication like the new day sun. Help us to be still before you, to wait patiently for you, to not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. God, help us to do that and to live in that. So in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining us. Hopefully this has been beneficial to you. And if you ever need to get some counseling to talk through some of these things, we are available to you guys. Call us, reach out to us, email us, message us on Facebook or whatever. We'd love to connect with you guys and be available to you all. All right, follow us on all the social medias and listen to us. Until then, we'll see you all later. Bye. Bye.